This episode of Rewind of the Living Dead is brought to you by nightchannels.com, the only place on the internet to get that darker side for your t-shirts and hoodies. These are amazing, unique t-shirts and hoodie designs for occult, music, literature, and films. Of course, they got loads of amazing horror t-shirts. There's this Texas Chainsaw one that you gotta have. They got Alien, but they also got these deep cuts like Begotten. You know Begotten, right? Because you're a hardcore horror fan like I am, or Guinea Pig. It's like that across the entire site for their music, for the anime, for other kind of media categories. Such cool designs that you're not gonna find anywhere else. Go on there, there's no way you're not gonna get a t-shirt or hoodie, I guarantee you. Tons of color options. The t-shirts have two fabric options, classic 90s style, which is Gildan, or that great modern combed cotton Bella option. And the best part about all this, these are one of a kind designs, and all of it has really great competitive prices. In fact, if you go there right now, and you enter the code rewind at checkout, you get 13% off. That's right, 13% off at checkout if you let them know that Rewind of the Living Dead sent you. Uh, so when you're at the next convention or concert and someone asks, where'd you get that shirt? The only answer is at nightchannels.com. And be sure to visit them on Instagram at nightchannels as well. Um, that's N-I-G-H-T channels.com. Uh, and be sure at checkout to enter the code rewind to get your 13% off. Rewind of the Living Dead is a review show, so spoilers are ahead. A supersized group of episodes of Stranger Things combined with delays in production due to the pandemic led to season four being split into two separate parts with the first seven episodes dropping in May and then the final two debuting in July. Despite only two episodes remaining in the season, Stranger Things packed a lot into these episodes with nearly four hours of runtime that helped reach a conclusion leading into the fifth and final season of the show. When we left at the end of episode 7, Vecna's true identity had been revealed along with his connection to Eleven, while Nancy got locked in a nightmare vision after paying a visit to the Upside Down, looking for answers to the terror that has been haunting Hawkins, Indiana for so many years. I know you're frightened. You're terribly frightened by what you've seen. But I'm not going to lie to you. Your friends are not prepared for this fight. Hawkins will fall. My friends need me. You're not ready. He's not going to stop. Not until he's taken everyone. This terrible feeling. It might not work out for us this time. It is over. Now I just want you to watch.
In the latest episode of Rewind of the Living Dead, we're going to crank up Master of Puppets and load up on weapons from the War Zone as we discuss Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 2. And I'm Patrick Guerra. And Patrick, we have just returned from the Upside Down to talk about Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 2. Only the second time on this on this particular podcast that we've ever talked about a TV show, of course. Our first was Stranger Things Season 4, Volume 1. And here we have returned for the last batch of episodes. Technically only two episodes, but they had a four-hour runtime, so it felt like four episodes. A lot, a lot to dig into. And I think... For the, for the sake of this podcast, Patrick, and generally we try to do like two separate sections, spoiler and not spoiler, I think we're just going to go full, full spoiler here because at this full point spoiler. we have to imagine by the time we're releasing this episode, everyone has seen it or if you're going into this, you're, you're imagining you've seen it already because we know where we left off at the end of episode seven. We're picking up in episode eight and nine. So this is full spoiler territory. If you have not seen Stranger Things season four, volume two, go watch it and come back. Otherwise, we are going full on into the spoilers for these two episodes. I have to imagine that everybody who listens to this show has probably seen the last two episodes of this season four times by the time this came out. (laughs) I mean, and it'll probably come out the Tuesday right after, you know, it premiered on a Friday. Uh, Huge television event, did crazy big numbers. You know, Stranger Things is a phenomenon. It's a television phenomenon um, for good reason. Damon, uh, if you remember when we talked about volume one of season four, uh, we raved. We we thought it was, ba- at least in my opinion, it was back to form. I know you've liked every season for the most part. Uh, for me, it had been lacking something for, for quite some time. Um, the first, the volume one of this season was tremendously good. Had me on the edge of my seat, had me laughing, had me uh, scared, had me uh, cheering for the gore and cheering for the good guys and cheering for those who you didn't know were going to be heroes that turned out to be heroes. Um, what a great ride volume one was. Uh, what are your just initial reactions to volume two right the continuation of what we left off of because we kind of left on we, we left hanging we, we weren't sure how things were going to work out at the end of volume one How'd it was a, volume two it was a really good cliffhanger at the end of volume like they could have ended the season right there and the cliffhanger was fantastic but going into volume two they picked up you know pretty much right where we left off with nancy and the upside down and i thought everything they did in the last two episodes really did feel like a conclusion. You know, it felt like this was a natural, like if you would, if you would watch this in all one fell swoop and you would still you know, watch all nine episodes in a row, it didn't feel like you're skipping a beat. And, and it wasn't, I mean, this is all one season. It wasn't like they stopped filming and then started filming like a year later. This was all done in one continuous stream. They just decided to split it into two parts because they still had some effects and things to finish in the last two episodes because they were so supersized and they didn't want to make people wait any longer because if they had, 
had actually waited, we would have had to had to wait till now to get all nine episodes. So they decided to, uh, you know, release everything. And I listen, the la- here's what I'll say about the last two episodes in particular, because when you have it built up so big from that finale, the big revelation of Vecna's true identity, the ties he had to Eleven, going back to Victor Creel, all those things that were revealed in that final episode and then how he was basically sent off into the upside down by Eleven. When you pick up in this episode, you're kind of wondering, is it going to be able to follow through and be as good as what those seven episodes were? And in my opinion, Patrick, it did. It killed it because the action was great. The story was great. The characters were great. Uh, I have one bone to pick, which we will talk about later. I think a lot of people will probably agree with me on that one. But I mean, in terms of the story and in terms of the scope of the story, I thought it all made sense. Like it didn't feel bloated. I, I guess that's I guess that's my bigger point. When I heard about two episodes with a four hour runtime, my first thought is, wow like did you not have an editor but when i watched them i didn't feel that way like when i got through the second episode and it was over i was like oh it's over like i didn't feel like it had a four-hour runtime so there was nothing bloated in there the element that the emotional elements were i mean that to me was probably the strongest part about this season because when you're getting closer to the end on any series like this, action, sci-fi, horror, whatever you want to call it, you know there's going to be some emotional trauma in there. And generally, that means characters not making it. You know, we all kind of know that. You know, one of our shared favorite shows, Sons of Anarchy, you know, that show started, you know, that show had a, de- a yeah. body count throughout, but then you really get to like the super epic body count towards the last, because you know we're reaching towards the end game, very much like Avengers. And Avengers, you know when you're getting to that kind of conclusion, People are going to start going and there were some real, there was some real emotional turmoil in these last two episodes, which I really enjoyed because it raises the stakes. I do agree that um, this format, this very unorthodox format and, and, you know, in this, it's weird that in the streaming world, this, this didn't really happen sooner. It's happened kind of a couple of different times, but not with big shows like this, um, this format of like basically just doing two movies to end the season i think that actually really did work in their favor because you're right it's four hours of 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 content and what what the four hours was doing was sort of wrapping up everything that we had learned in the first seven um i think if you would have made it four separate episodes it wouldn't have the impact that it had the way it was structured now i would have been like okay these 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 one hour chunks are not quite you know delivering so to have these two uh, you know, movie size chunks. I, I think it did work out what I do think it exposed. And you're right. It, those two episodes did not feel bloated. They felt like very appropriate. It exposed what we talked about last time we were talking about volume one, volume one was bloated. Volume one needed to be, I think we, I think we settled on like five episodes. Yeah. We were like, yeah, they, they basically, jam- they, they basically stretched five episodes into seven and and that, that really showed once I was watching this, I was like, oh, look how swiftly they can move through everything um, when they really could have gotten to the stuff in volume one sooner. So that little experiment, I think, totally worked. What I maybe what I would have liked to have seen was instead maybe um, five episodes and then a trilogy kind of like movie ending. You know what I mean? Like three yeah. mo- movie sized episodes to end this season uh and i and i read an interview with the duffer brothers really the intention of this season all along was to start wrapping things up because they knew they were going to end it in five so this was uh this was season four so they were like well we need to really start like revealing the big big questions and explaining their implications so to me 
ultimately, now that I've seen the whole season, ultimately this season rings a little hollow to me. And it's probably because of that reason, because really what it, all this season was, was to get to the next season. It's a, it was a bridge season. It was done well. Don't get me wrong. I think it was actually one of the best seasons they've ever put out next to the first one in terms of emotional impact, in terms of uh, production quality and scale. Uh, the stakes were raised super high, especially in the in the first seven episodes where I realized like, I, I, you know, someone's not going to make it out of this alive. And they left on a cliffhanger with Nancy hanging and and Steve injured. And I was like, wow, OK, the, the gloves are off. Like what's going to happen in these last two episodes? But at the end of the day, those last two episodes, Damon, to me, they did fall a little short of at least, I guess, my expectations, because I felt it was it was building to something big. And I think the biggest thing it built to was was Eleven's uh, Eleven's storyline and, and really in Vecna's storyline, right? And one, it's Eleven and One's stories coming coming together. So that to me was interesting. I was surprised at how a lot of the other storylines dropped off. And see, I actually disagree because I think that they brought things back around where the one complaint I had about the volume one was some of the better characters or some of the other characters just kind of fell off the board. And I agree, like they just kind of didn't have anything to do with them. So like in particular, Mike and Will and, and all of them going to Utah to visit Susie was kind of like, why? And this was just kind of in there and like they didn't really know what to do with those characters bringing them back around and reuniting them with 11 after the incident at the bunker and then having them go to the pizza place and helping her kind of traverse into the weird trance state, you know, upside down world where she was able to connect with, with the max and then by extension connect with Vecna that I liked all that. I liked the emotional connection. We got to see the reconnection between Mike and 11 because they had kind of gone through it early in the season and they got reconnected at the end of the season. I liked that. I also liked, even though he played such a back burner character and my, I guess my one complaint about a character that really did feel forgotten this season was will because will was so important to season one and season two. And then he just kind of wasn't around much in season three. And then he hasn't been around a whole lot in season four that the ending set everything up for him to be a major player in the final season because he's always had this connection to what we now learn is Vecna. It's not the Mind Flayer. The Mind Flayer is an operative of Vecna. Vecna is you know, using the Mind Flayer as a weapon. And so now we know that Vecna is the one calling the shot. So that connection, when we see the end of the episode where the hair is raised in the back of his neck and he realizes once again that there's this entity that has been there since the first season is back, is there omnipresent, which we know from the finale with the the the, the ash, so to speak, from the upside down showing up in the real world. Um, I feel like Will is going to be a major component to the final season. Now, maybe I'm oh, wrong, yeah. but that's probably my only minor complaint about the characters because I think everyone else for the most part got serviced in terms of at least getting some sort of emotional connectivity to something else happening. I mean, even with, uh, you know, even with Mike, you know, again, not really having a ton to do the fact that they did reconnect him and make him kind of become the emotional center for 11 in a way when she was in that trance, almost like we talked about last season or the last half of the first season with, uh, Max with the Kate Bush song, you know, she listened to the song and that was her tether 
to the to the other world to pull her out of Vecna's trance, so to speak. Mike, you know, yeah. telling her that he loved her and he wished he had told her he loved her more and all these kind of things because he's afraid of losing her. I loved all that. I loved the emotional con- connectivity between those characters. So that didn't really bother me. I like that. Again, you could argue again, some of the other characters did kind of fall to the wayside a bit, but I thought for the most part, everyone really did get served because they all had a role to play. I mean, you look at what was going on with the, I love, I love, this felt very Goonies, you know, Monster Squad with the whole, we got four phases of our plan to get Vecna. You know, phase one has to happen, then phase two, and then phase three. I loved all that. And that really brought all those characters into the, into the heart of the story because you had Nancy and, and uh, Steve and, and, you know, Robin and everyone, all these different pieces of the puzzle. And then of course you had like my most hated part of the season and it's not because I didn't like it, but because it just, I want, I, I, I don't know if I wanted to punch a character in a movie or a show as badly as I wanted to punch that Jason kid this season, the yeah. jock asshole yeah. who was like, you know, convinced everyone's on, you know, Satan power. Uh, I have not wanted to punch a character. Now that's a credit to the actor, by the way, who pulled off that role. Oh, he yeah. did a phenomenal did a job, job, but man, I was really ready to punch somebody. Um, <laughs> that being said, like, that's the only one, like, I feel like, cause we talked about how kind of the first part was a little bit bloated. Like that's one storyline that I feel like got dragged out a little bit too much. And then yeah. in the second half, what I liked is, is they didn't really show them a lot. They showed them at that part where they're at the, the, the army surplus store and they showed him at the very end where he went in the house and, you know, basically attacked Lucas and then ends up getting eviscerated. I don't know if everyone noticed that, but Jason got cut in half by the earthquake yeah. that erupted into the upside down. He literally got eviscerated, which I was all for, but I liked that they kind of moved away from that. They didn't make that the center of the storyline again, because that took up a lot of time in the first seven episodes and they kind of dropped that a little bit in the second half and they just kind of had them as like tertiary characters which i enjoyed so yeah i mean i i feel like for the most part the characters did get service you know I, we had you know max had a major role in both halves lucas kind of came back around the second half dustin kind of fell off a little bit in the in the last two episodes he was kind of playing oh, yeah. sidekick to eddie but again dustin's played such a major role in every you know he's one of the four major care five major characters in the show that i mean again it wasn't it wasn't in the ending with eddie's uncle and dustin was that to me was like the payoff of dustin being with eddie that entire time and going with him on the mission that emotional connectivity there and then the ending with Dustin. I I love that. So I didn't really feel that for me. I thought they serviced the characters fairly well and the story was so intricate and, and you start to see, and please correct me if you disagree here, Patrick, but I feel like, you know, the Duffer brothers have said all along, they had a grand design, so to speak from the very beginning of what the upside down was, who was behind it all, how it all did. And what I liked, unlike other shows that I've loved in the past, like Lost, Lost is Lost will always be one of my favorite shows of all time. But yeah, the ending, we the all, but we all know that they didn't really know where they were going. They were kind of making things up as they were going. They had no idea what the ending was going to be, and they just kind of mm-hmm. like kept, you know, they were basically racing to beat themselves to the end. The Dover Brothers had an idea. They had an outline of how this show was going to end from the very beginning, and I liked that all the puzzle pieces started to fit together in this episode. So I know where you said that it feels a little hollow because now it's you know, building towards the fifth and final season. I'm okay with that because the puzzle pieces fit together because this wasn't, it didn't feel put together at the last second. It didn't feel like they were trying to find answers to questions that they, they wasn't like they were trying to answer questions. They didn't know, you know, they knew the questions, they knew the answers and they were finally starting to give them to us. Well, I think, I think you bring up a good point. And I think what this season feels like to me is it feels like the Duffer brothers sat down and go, 
how do we do how do we make sure we don't do the lost ending like i really feel like that's what this the whole purpose of this season was because i really feel like it and it especially feels like it in, in episode two of volume two uh because episode one of volume two uh, to me really felt like it was just kind of wrapping up everything that had happened in the first seven episodes this season. It really felt like it was just kind of making sure that all that got wound up and that we started to push the plan forward to, to, to fight Vecna. Episode two, to me, describes very much what you're talking about. And that was everybody was uh, coming clean. All the loose ends emotionally for these characters were starting to get tied up in the second episode. I mean, the the episode obviously kicks into high gear when they really take on Vecna. Obviously, once once their four-phase plan starts, that's the best part of the uh, of that final episode. But up to that point, what we're doing is getting all the characters sort of either admitting uh where they went wrong or or coming clean with how they really feel like Max talking about her stepbrother Billy. She's like, "You know what? Honestly, seeing him die, I just kind of wanted to watch him die. I kind of wanted to make sure it happened." Because he he was he was a terror in my life, and I didn't know how to carry that around. I liked that, and there was a lot and of and that was the guilt. Like that. that was the guilt she was feeling. Yeah, it wasn't that, was that he died. Guilt. Yeah, it wasn't that he died. It's that she wanted him to die. Like I loved that they revealed that because we're all thinking why were like she felt so guilty for Billy dying. I liked that they actually exposed that. that before. Yeah. But I liked that they they did that because that's a that's a different twist. So you like in the original, you're just thinking she's feeling guilty because her brother died. In reality, she was not feeling guilty for that. She's feeling guilty because she wanted him to die because he was a he was a total you know asshole to her and tortured her throughout her whole life like yeah like yeah that's why she yeah, felt guilty i i liked that and 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 that's what they were doing i think they were kind of wrapping that up and they were kind of putting putting max into her final position they were they were so you know this whole this whole i feel like the series has been hanging on nancy and steve's uh broken up relationship you know obviously now they're friends and she's dating somebody that he originally bullied and all that stuff so there was a lot of complication around that that they teased through the throughout this season and they sort of wrapped it up when they had this great little conversation where they where they make it clear that there's still something there but they don't settle it and and actually and then nancy ends up talking with uh what's his name uh is it john i always forget uh God, John, yeah jonathan yeah, jonathan, yeah she ends up yeah. talking with jonathan and you know because her and jonathan weirdly have been completely apart the entire season and he's been almost non uh you know existent but then jonathan and will have their own moment which i was like whoa like we really needed that where oh, that, that was been great for a while that was great that was probably my favorite you know uh come to jesus of all of the uh of the wrap-ups was them where, where it was just like shit dude my old my little brother was was taken into an underworld and went missing and like i don't know if we've ever really worked it out and like i don't know if i've ever really made it clear to him like you can come to me and he and it was clear will needed to hear that and will was will feels weird and strange and you brought up will um i wish they would have actually strengthened his story throughout this they didn't need to solve it they they could have ended it where they ended it but i wish they would have strengthened his connection to vecna this season more than they did. I wish they would have teased it more than they did because it, it, Will was weirdly playing the background and and we're setting him up for obviously, I think season five is going to be a big season for him. But but I was like, oh, I could have used a little bit more of that. But, you know, they tied that up. Max and Lucas tied things up, right? They, they went through they went through their own shit and then they had to kind of have their moments where they just talked to each other. So, you know, what it reminds me of remember in uh, uh, I think it was uh, the long night 
or the longest night or whatever from Game of Thrones. Yeah. That that and but the night before the battle, all the different characters were talking to each other, kind of saying goodbye. Yeah. Like that was really what they were doing. They were like, we're going to fight. We don't know who's going to live. Like, let's let's get it all out there. And that's what that's what episode two, uh, volume two, kind of felt like. It felt like all those characters were having their moments to kind of come clean. So that way, you know, we and and it really, Damon, it really started feeling like we were going to lose some people. We lost some people. You already mentioned Jason, which, you know, I do want to talk about him when we kind of get to that portion. Uh, we lost some people. Uh, but yeah, they were kind of setting us up for this idea that like this is the this is the goodbye before the big battle. Can I ask a question? Because you mentioned one thing, and I actually really agree with you on this when you talked about how it rings a little hollow because this is all setting up for the final season. Let me ask you this. Would your perspective change at all? A little bit. I'm not saying like completely to like, you know, not to change your total opinion about the season because I've always had a little bit of an issue sometimes with how shows announce final seasons. Like when they say we have one more season left, this is the season going into that. Would your perspective be a little bit different if this season happened, we just watched these last two episodes, and then like a month from now, the Duffer Brothers come out and say, we're going into our fifth, and this will be our final season. Oh my gosh, like it raises the stakes. The fact that we knew that going into this gives us expectations that they're moving towards the finale. There's part of me that kind of wishes they hadn't revealed that. Like we just get to this and you're like, holy crap, like this, like the upside down is bleeding into our world. And, you know, Eleven is, you know, battling this creature who's basically as strong as her and all these and Max is, you know, basically you know, left in a coma and all these different things that are going on. You feel like a lot of people have said this is kind of like your Empire Strikes Back moment where everything kind of ends on a down note where right. it feels like they're kind of beaten and defeated a little bit. And they are in a lot of ways. But if you don't know that the next season is the last season. You can theorize about it, but don't, like, I wonder, cause to me, I kind of feel like that. I'm like, if they hadn't told us and then like a month from now, like two months from now, whatever, when they actually get into production in the final season, they say, Hey, by the way, you know, they do a couple interviews. This is going to be our final season when they say, Oh, that's what all that meant. That's what all that was moving towards. There's part of me that kind of wishes it had gone that route because I think what you're saying is true because it does feel like they're building towards the last season. 100% agree with you. But if you don't know that, and you don't know what's coming next, it's just a cliffhanger, right? Like, in a way. I'm not saying it totally, I'm not saying it invalidates your feeling whatsoever. I'm saying you're right. But I think part of that is ingrained in us because we already know it's going to be ending. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I kind of wish they had just not told us. Well, if you remember when we reviewed the volume one, I thought it was the end. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I didn't right. even know. Yeah, I told I thought this was the final season, so I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have a clue. Um, part of me, part of me would prefer that they never mention that stuff because you know me, I don't want a spoiler. I don't even want a description of the movie. Like, don't even tell me nothing. So, yeah, part of me is like, oh yeah, definitely. I definitely don't want to know that that the next season is the final season. It's it's it had, but honestly and truly. It doesn't change my opinion because of how this season ended. And and I think that's the thing is that as much as I can appreciate that, okay, we're trying to wrap everything up so we can end this thing, an ending still should be an ending. And that was my big problem at the end of this was that I felt like this, there was not an actual ending here. There, It's really just a to be continued. It's like genuinely, not even a cliffhanger, really. 
it's just sort of like, well, we're not done. We, we'll, we'll, we'll finish the story on the, in the next season. That's kind of how it felt to me because yeah. really, if you think about it, if you think about it, what, 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 what went down this season? Well, Vecna emerged and all hell was breaking loose and everybody was fractured and off in different places. Very, very, uh, 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 empire strikes back, right? Everybody's off in different places trying to fight to make this thing happen. And they kind of fail in the end. And I'm like, so, you know, like, I think I think I would have been okay if they they if, if maybe at the end and this is not a rewrite of the Living Dead I didn't, I didn't have that one for this one but I would have if if they would have left this season with like a false sense of security because Vecna straight up tells them you have not won I'm making it very clear you and all your friends have lost as he disappears into the ether and then like the 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 the, the upside down basically comes to uh, t- comes to town if you will if I didn't know that was coming and instead they just felt like they won. And then the twist at the end was no, you didn't. I would have been much happier with that. It was, it was like, they were really telegraphing that shot. It was like, no, you're going to lose. Like they, like they spent the last 30 minutes of the, of the last episode explaining that like, there is not, you are not going to beat Vecna right now. And so like, I knew it at the end and that sort of felt empty. If, if in the end they all thought for sure they did it and they, and, 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 uh, 11 was like, we did it and all that, you know, like they were like totally happy about the outcome. And then the surprise was boom. Nope. The, un- the, you know, the, the upside down is, is coming right back. In fact, worse than ever, I would have been fine with that. But the way it was done this way, this telegraphing of we're definitely going to the next thing. We're definitely not done. I, I, that's what I think really ultimately bugged me was that. And end. see, that doesn't bother me mostly because the show has not done that really. They've teased what, well, you know, they've teased that there's still something out there, of course. Like that's just a natural, you know, natural storytelling of any kind of TV show like this. That's a serial storytelling and not procedural. And what that means is procedural is like every episode stands on its own story and you might have interconnectivity between the episode, but ultimately it's one story, one episode, and then you move on to the next episode. This is a serial drama, which means one season is the entire story basically, or one series is the entire story. I didn't mind that because they haven't done that before. They really haven't left things un. they haven't left things without a conclusion that you could be satisfied. This is the first time they've really left things dangling last season. You know, they defeated the mind flayer again, Billy dies, uh, 11 loses their powers, which is kind of a teaser, but they leave town and you think for a moment Hopper's dead, but I like that they didn't tease that out. They gave you a hint right away that he's still alive. Right. You know, they didn't try to leave that, you know, uh, unknown until this season, all those kind of things. Season two, the same way and season one, the same way they gave you a hint. Something else was coming, but they didn't really you know, tease it out. And so you got a natural conclusion. I don't mind that they did that this time because you know, it's going into final season. You know, you know, they're building towards that last batch of episodes. They're building towards the last battle, whatever it's going to end up being. So I don't mind it as much because they haven't pulled that trick over and over again. Cause some shows shows I like very much do that where every season ends and you're like, okay, you just left me on another massive cliffhanger that I have to wait to get to the next season to one thing I want to mention another show that I absolutely love and, and a show that has made me appreciate week to week storytelling versus binge watching. I understand there's going to be camps of people in both where some people love the binge watching formula. Other people like the week to week formula. I happen to fall in the week-to-week formula because I've learned to appreciate stories better. So a show that I love right now so much, uh, The Boys, uh, which is on Amazon Prime Video, probably my favorite show on television right now. Um, 
the emotional impact and the storytelling impact week to week is so phenomenal because you just, and you get a week to soak it in waiting for the next episode. But the reason I brought this up, there was an interview with Eric Kripke, the, uh, the showrunner and, and creator of the boys TV show. And he was talking about that serialized storytelling model. And they mentioned something about cliffhangers and things like that. And he said, um, one thing he said, he's like, I hate when people say I'm making a 32 hour movie you know, it's being split. And he, <laughs> yeah. he literally, he literally, and forgive me, I'm, I'm quoting him here. He said, you're making a 32. Fuck you is what he actually said. He's like, you're making a story, tell your story uh, and, and yeah. leave. And so that way people have a conclusion. And I totally agree with that because if you watch the boys and I'm not, you know, this is not a boys podcast, but if you watch the boys, every season ends in a satisfying enough way to where it's, it's a conclusion. Then you pick up again, then you pick up yeah. again, so on and so forth. Again, the only reason I don't have an issue here is because we know we're going into the final season and it's the first time they've really done that kind of a cliffhanger. So through four seasons, they get one and we're going into the last batch of episodes and the storytelling in this season from Vecna being introduced and really digging into his mythology, which I really enjoyed for both halves of the, of the season to kind of reveal who he was at the end of episode seven and then to really tell how he became who he is in these last two episodes and why his connection is there and how he crossed over into our world again from the, all those little details that we didn't know answers to. We got, we got in these last two episodes. So I actually really enjoyed that. And so the, the cliffhanger part doesn't, doesn't bother me only because I know we're going into these last batch of episodes. And even though I said, I kind of wish we didn't know it was the final episode, the final season, that cliffhanger, I'm like, oh, what? You gave me a cliffhanger. And then a month from now, they said final season. They're like, oh, okay, now it really makes sense. Well, I, I want to clarify. I don't have a problem with a cliffhanger. That's, that's there's nothing wrong with that at all. It, it, pretty much every episode of, of serialized television should end on a cliffhanger. Like, that's kind of the golden rule of how you write TV. You actually don't solve the problem. Like, that's actually how a good TV show works. Uh, Dan Harmon, uh, one of the more prolific TV writers and showrunners, talks about that. He goes, if you solve the problem, you fucked up. Like, you're not supposed to solve the problem. So it's, the cliffhanger is not the part I have the problem with. The problem I had was there was no shock to how it ended. That's that's my problem. Like, that they spent the last 30 minutes of that of that final episode telling me that it was not going to end there. And I'm like, you know, surprise me. You know, we talk about it on this show all the time. Subvert my expectations. That was my problem, not the cliffhanger aspect of it. The fact that I knew that no matter what they were going to do, Vecna was going to be fine in the end. It's it, and and what do we say all the time when we talk about horror films on here? Is that if if you show me something and then the thing that I'm expecting happens happens, I don't end up surprised, shocked, or scared. You know what I mean? You got to subvert my expectations somehow. Instead, they set up my expectations for 30 minutes and delivered exactly what they said they were going to deliver. So it ends a little ho-hum. That's what I mean. Yeah, I, I, and I again, it doesn't bother me only because we now know for, for certain that Vecna is the big bad. He is the, the end-all, be-all character. He is the last level boss in a video game. But we knew, that before. We but knew we, that before the end of that episode. We didn't, we didn't, well, we didn't know him until this season for one, and we also didn't learn until this end of this season that he was like, because that's the one thing they've been teasing throughout. Who, what is the hierarchy of the upside down because remember early in the season they said that you know the mind flayer is the boss and vecna is like his number one lieutenant or number one general or whatever we come should to, talk about this but come to find out it's vecna vecna is the one who used the mind flayer as like a weapon more or less and so 
at that moment when they had that little you know revelation in the story of how that happened i'm kind of like okay well then yeah he's not gonna die because that's not gonna leave anything going into the final season so i mean yeah i don't i don't i i, under, I get where you're i totally get where you're coming from but i it doesn't really bother me because again that would be like that would be like Vader dying in Empire Strikes Back. Like, okay, you just killed your big bad in the second to knowing it's that a trilogy. Would be rad. Nah. If they would have done that. That would have been fucking awesome. Nah, dude, you got You got to have Vader <laughs> there. Uh, anyways, my point being, I, I, I do get, like that trilogy. I do yeah. where you're. I do get where you're coming from. I do get. Where, I just. I. I don't think it really. Yeah, it just. Air. It lacked subversion. And also, the one thing I will mention, and maybe this is again, this is me defending the show because I do like it so much. But the one thing I will say, and I know this is terrible. Um, we have to remember that this show is appealing to a very wide audience age wise. So I think trying not to make it so subvert, like subverting the expectations so much that you nah, lose. No, nah, nice I, try to defend nah, this I, one. No, 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 I'm uh, saying that no. I'm saying they have to, they have to, they have to make it. Um, they have to make it available to the largest possible audience for you this particular show. You can do that all. You can do that all day. It doesn't matter the the age. Of the look. I know you are a diehard Stranger Things fan, no, but and you will defend not, it to the death I'm like not, Eddie here, with a fucking trash can. Well, here's the thing. Like, though, I know you will. Here's but the, the age thing, doesn't matter. I just disagree. I disagree that it, that it did that. I actually liked the last half hour that it built towards what we're going towards, which is that. Like I said, we got to the ending. Of the upside down fight because I've I've predicted since day one that that was going to be the end game the end the end game was going to be the upside down taking over our world that was going to be the ultimate conclusion how that happened where we got there how we got there I had no idea but I always felt like that's the reason it kept bleeding over and so the fact that we finally got there and now we know why it's getting there uh, spending a half hour or whatever getting there doesn't bother me at all and the ending still ending on a bit of a down note which is our heroes have all come back together. All the people have been reunited. It looks like there's some sense of hope, you know, in a moment there. And then the upside down ashes start falling and they realize that Vecna's not dead. And the world, you know, because again, they thought, you know, in their minds, you know, Vecna had been vanquished or at least beaten to the point where this was not going to happen, even though the world got kind of ripped apart. That was kind of the end of it, right? Like they, nothing else happened. The world kind of fell apart, but no, the Demogorgons didn't start flying up to the cracks and the crevices it seemed like it was kind of done at that moment. And then that ash falling was like the, the, the key saying it's not over yet. And the battle's not done. So again, didn't bother me. I get where you're coming from. I disagree, but that's okay. Um, again, I really liked these last two episodes. I really liked all the story elements. These last two episodes are really, I, again, I love the mythology because that's, that's the one thing this show could do to drive me away is that the mythology just didn't connect and they stopped making sense in terms of where they were going. And they said, they've always had this grand design. If you don't actually get there, that's an easy way to lose me because other shows have done that where you start conveniently making things happen to fit the narrative you want to tell because you didn't figure it out back in season one. You're just now figuring out in season five well, or actually, four or whatever. You're actually helping my point. You're actually helping my point there because what I'm saying is that the last 30 minutes make it very conveniently where it was supposed to go. I was looking for the subversion and I didn't get it. Eh. I knew we were always headed there. Um, but I am curious about something because you talk about mythologies. I don't want to lose that. I do think, you know, uh, another slight criticism of the last two episodes was it was a lot of expository dialogue, which is fine. They're, they're wrapping everything up. So they got to, they got to talk about it. Um, 
can you explain at least clearly you're really good at doing this stuff when when vecna when he was one was pushed through to the upside down he discovered a world am i wrong am i wrong did i pick that up correctly yeah that was the alternate universe which we called the upside down yeah yeah he discovered the upside down and in the upside down were the demogorgons was the mind frame um mind flare was the the mind flare, excuse me, and and all the bats and all that stuff were already there. Am I getting that right? And then he yeah. just used them as tools to create. Yeah, his because new that's world. he uses his powers for that. He can actually use it, and he kind of he kind of warped them and shaped them to his own design to right. use them. So that's where we kind of find out that the mind flare isn't the leader. He's the leader. Vecna is the one who kind of yeah. you know, took this world because. The way I took it, and if I'm wrong, Duffer Brothers, feel free to reach out. But the way I took it was that when he slipped over into that alternate dimension, the other alternate dimension doesn't know that we exist. Like they don't know that they're right. an alternate dimension. Just like we don't know that we're if we're if there is the multiverse, we don't know that there's another dimension out there. So we don't know that there may be another part or somewhere you know next to us or yeah. on the other a side of the world of the of the living of the living alive. Yeah. So they didn't know that, but he does. He arrives and he knows that there's another world and so he discovers it and starts gathering power and gathering strength to finally do that and then when the holes finally get ripped open into our world the other creatures the other things start escaping into there and so he wasn't powerful enough to do it himself so that's where you see the demogorgon got through in season one that's where you see the mind flayer slips through in season two when they opened the big you know they had the big portal open up in season two the mind flayer comes in and then we learned in season three that a piece of him was left behind he didn't get that's why season three there's no upside down they didn't go right. into the upside down at all in season three the mind flayer what we saw in season three was a leftover remnant of what was from season two right that never got eliminated so season two and then mm-hmm. he starts building an army with billy and taking over other people and kind of extending out his army they defeat him where vecna got his power though was when one of his because all of it's connected through him he is connected to this entire universe when the mind flayer bit 11 and remember the big key of vecna's power is is when he kills you or, or hurts you he takes you into him he takes your power into him 11 has the ability to open a portal between these two worlds not until the mind flayer bit 11 and took her powers at the end of season three did vecna have the ability to open his own portals and gates that's where we start seeing that in season four when he slips through to kill chrissy when he slips through to kill the other kid when he slips through to kill max because now he's taken 11's power and he's using it for himself that's the one thing he's like uh he's like a sponge basically he takes other people's abilities and that's how he was able to finally slip through and create his own gates into our world he knew it was there he just didn't know how to get through until he took 11's powers right yeah and they actually do a great job of explaining all that stuff so i'm glad i I picked it up the way you just put it down which is makes me feel good because sometimes i'm like what the fuck are they talking about (laughs) but i think they actually think they did a good job of that when he was explaining how he got through i also loved that they revealed why that there was that giant spider looking motherfucker yeah that was him and it was him because when he was a kid he was fascinated with the black widows that lived in the vent. Yep. So, so he, so he manifested himself as this giant being that was essentially a giant spider. So it's so cool to see that callback from way back. What is that? Season one and two, right? Season, yeah, season, 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 well, at the end of season two and then season three going into season three. Yeah. Yeah. That giant spider looking motherfucker is Vecna. Like Vecna was coming. We didn't even know why. 
You know, yeah. we just knew it was this thing. And now in this season, we've wrapped up and, and revealed why exactly it was that thing. It was, it was, it was him manifesting himself as, a, as this giant, like unholy spider. And I love that. Yeah, I like. I also like that we finally got some clarity about the upside down in terms of the, again. I love the hierarchy because that's been the discussion. Like they've always been fearful of the mind flayer, fearful of the demogorgons, not knowing that they're all being controlled by Vecna. Vecna is it's like the hive mind. You know what I mean? It's just like the vines. Yeah. They talk about don't step on the vines in the upside down because they're all connected. It's because they're all Vecna. It's all him. Yeah. It's all one. It's all Henry Creel. He's controlling everything. And over the past, you know, whatever it's been 10 15 years that he's been living there he's been slowly morphing this world into his own creative vision which is how we get hawkins which is how we get the mind flare looking like a spider and all these different things is because he's morphing it and changing it into his own vision and i like that it all fit like that because when you hear that and when you see that you start to understand it you're like oh okay now it all starts to make sense because this has been vecna since day one this has been one this has been yeah. henry creel the entire time what are the things because obviously these last two episodes were about kind of wrapping everything up when we talked about that ad nauseum uh did did you cry at any point damon i gotta know because i know at the deep down you're as tough as you are you you can be a softy for a good story I anything am. tear you up I had one thing did, uh, one thing Give did tear, one thing, know. yeah, so we all knew there were going to be some character deaths or characters lost, you know, just like last season we lost Billy, um, when they snapped Max's body in a couple of different places and oh. she died, I didn't, I didn't cry at that, I was like, damn, like they did, like they did not go easy on her and obviously we know that Eleven somehow brought her back. I'm assuming using her powers to like restart her heart or whatever, and she came back, and now yeah, she's in a coma. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> yeah, she's she's in a coma now. So they didn't kill her, but they definitely messed her up because they snapped her bones yeah, and everything. That was, that was pretty good. But yeah, Eddie, when Eddie died, man, that hurt. I was like, that's a character that I came to love this season, and I know it was a one season run. Just you know, very again, I know Billy was in two seasons, but you know, Billy was a you know a small character that they kind of extended out further. Um, I, Eddie hurt, man. That one hurt. I'm, I'm a metalhead. That's the character I identified the most with. And I was like, no, you don't kill Eddie. That's like my first real serious gripe with the story. I'm like, how do you kill Eddie? I was like, I could lose like a lot of other characters in the show and not be upset, but I did not want Eddie to yeah. die. Uh, I mean, I'm right there with you. I was very upset that he died, but I was upset in more ways than one. Um, it is a bullshit death. They set up a character in, in a single season that you love and everybody instantly was like, Eddie rules. We love Eddie. So like they can go, well, everybody loved him and we killed him off. See, we did. We did the Game of Thrones thing. No, you didn't. You didn't. You did. You did it as your cop out. So you didn't have to kill any of the major characters. Yep, I agree with that. You total. They totally copped out by doing that because so. Eddie, if, if, you, if you hadn't, you know, if, if you're listening to our show to get your explanation for Stranger Things, I'm sorry for you. But <laughs> so Eddie, Eddie is running away from all the the uh, Demobats, right? That's what they call them. Yeah, Demobats. Yep. Yeah. So he's running away from them. And in that moment, he goes, I'm tired of running and I'm going to fight them. OK, I get that. It's it's complete idiocy from a very smart character. They, they established he's a smart guy. He only stops to face them down. He doesn't stop to save um, uh, uh, Dustin or anything like that because he, really, if he kept running, he would actually chase the Demobats away from Dustin. It'd actually be good if he kept running. 
He just stops to fight them for no, like for, to not save anyone, to not do anything, just to not run anymore. It's weak. It's a weak idea. And, and they and they had it right there. He could have easily been like, I'm going to run because they're overwhelming me and Dustin. Um, so I'm going to run away while they're like killing Dustin and then go save Dustin. I would have been like, oh, hell yeah. Great ending. Loved it. They didn't do that. Like it's literally he's running away and then just decides to 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 die heroically all alone by himself. Yeah, like, so it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't track. So saving Dustin when they basically when when they're break when the demo bats are breaking through the trailer and it looks like they're gonna get inside and he basically tosses Dustin through the upside down, the portal, the, the gate to get him out of there, and then he runs away to draw the bats away. I get that part of it because sure. the bats could easily travel through that gate as well and go to the other side just like the Demogorgon did. So by drawing right. them away, he's drawing them away from the gate as well. I get all that. That worked fine. Yeah. I get all that. But and I, I'm not like I get the idea like like all the I know this sounds really stupid, but I'm just saying all they had to do in that moment. He's riding a bike, right? The bike goes yeah. flat. It just goes out, and he's stuck. And instead of running on his feet, like we're trying to run away that way, he's like, I can't get away. I'm gonna stand and fight. That's all they had to yeah. do. That's all they yeah. had to do because drawing them away from the gate, saving Dustin is great. That's that's heroic. That's 100% heroic. Yeah. Because they're going to fly through the gate and get him on the other side. And then you're basically flooding the demo bats into our world, which is going to just be horrifically bad. Remember what one Demogorgon did. Imagine what a whole fleet of you know demo bats are going to do. Yeah. Um, so that's fine. That's heroic. Saving Dustin and that. All they had to do was have the bike break down, and then he's stuck. And if he's stuck, he's yeah. got a choice. I can either run on my feet, or I can just stand and fight. And that's fine. That's all they had to do. I agree with you on that point, because it felt like they were killing him for the sake of like pulling at our emotional heartstrings, because everyone loved Eddie. Now They killed him to kill him. Now, to be fair, the one thing I'll say to be fair is this was all done before we all knew if we were going to love Eddie. They wrote the season, and there's no guarantee. Sure, sure. There's no guarantee people are going to connect with the character, because I know a million TV shows out there, and you do as well, movies as well, where people are like, they're going to oh, love yeah. this character, and then we hate the character. You know what I mean? They can go yeah. in thinking this guy's charming, the the character's great, but we don't know. And so my only my one like it's it doesn't make sense and I don't like the way it happened. And it actually bothers me a little bit more because they didn't know how we were going to react. They had always planned on killing him at the end of the season whether right. people loved him or not. And I don't understand why. I, like it didn't make sense to me, and the only reason they because, did it, yeah. the only reason they did it, is what you said. It's a cop out, so they don't have to kill one of the major characters. They one hundred percent needed their um, Yondu moment, and and you know, if you're a total nerd like Damon and I, you know what I'm talking about. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, they kill Yondu and they kill him dead, and he's done because you got to kill a beloved a beloved character to show that the stakes are real and and you're right they didn't know if eddie was going to be a breakout hit or not they were hoping so because listen the guy's great like and they and they probably were watching the dailies going oh people are going to love this guy he's fantastic and he was but you're right they didn't know if he was going to take off or it was going to have an impact the way it did i'm sure people rioted in the streets because eddie died you kill off one of the majors you kill a nancy or a jonathan or a lucas or a dustin you kill max which i thought they did 
And then they copped out on that. Yeah. It like it's like we got her to the point where she dies in eleven it was Eleven's arms, right? Uh Lucas's or arms. Or no, it's Lucas's yeah, arms, yeah. which is great. And I was like, Oh, so they did do that. And I was like, Well, bravo, they did it. You know, they 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 went for it. Okay, good. Then they walk that back. And I was like, guys, come on. Yeah. It would have been great to go into that final season knowing the stakes are so real that because we lost somebody. And it's like it's a it's a fatal wound to the unit. You know what I mean? Like and, like it's it's truly that knife in the side yeah. of that unit of kids to go. We lost one of our own, and this is our reason we're going to fight back. You know, we, like we have to do it for Will, or we have to do it for whoever. Without like, and they copped out on that. One hundred percent, I was convinced. One hundred percent, I was convinced that uh, Steve was going to die. Me too. I kept saying now, to my wife, I go, Steve's dying, right? And she's like, now, he's totally dying. Joe Carey, who plays Steve, is fantastic. I love Steve. Steve is one of my favorite. He was a season one bully Great asshole. Character. Since then, he's been incredible. I love that character. I love Eddie. Eddie is the character I, I relate to the most because I'm a metalhead, I'm okay. tattooed, and I love Dungeons and Dragons. Like I was a nerdy metal kid. That was me. I am Eddie. I'm literally Eddie. Okay. I'm literally Eddie. Eddie is the closest Eddie's probably the closest TV character I've ever identified with. And I'm not kidding. Like in terms of like yeah. a nerdy metalhead, that is me. Um yeah. it wasn't that like I wanted him to survive because I liked him, but because again, it doesn't have the emotional resonance of the characters that have been around for four seasons. Now I'm not saying I wanted Steve to die. 100% I don't. I don't want it. I like all the characters. That's the thing about right. the show that they've done so brilliantly. One thing we've complained about a lot in the movies, in the horror movies we talked about that we've hated is when you don't make a likable cast or likable characters, how are you right. going to care that they're dying? Like at that point, you're rooting for them to die. Like we're like, okay, kill him. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, Almost everybody on this show is pretty likable. Like even the character, like, you know, I've not, I've been kind of indifferent a little bit to Lucas, but even him, like I'd be kind of bummed if he goes, like, you know, cause I've always oh, loved, I would you have know. been big time bummed. I, yeah. I, I always had a soft spot for Lucas always, but like, will like, I, you know, that would crush me because that poor kid's been through hell and back. You know what I mean? And like, you know, all, so yeah. like all the characters, I would be bummed Steve in particular, but I thought if you're going to kill a character that's really going to resonate throughout everybody, it's got to be Steve because he connects, you know, him and Dustin to become best friends. Him and Nancy almost got back together, you know, and I was like, oh man, he's going to be the one to go. Like, he's going to be the yeah. guy. And I agree. That's my, that, it, and when I said I had one issue, which is what everyone's going to agree with me on, that's my one issue. Killing Eddie, not only because I love the character, because I did, I loved the character and it felt like a really cheap cop out. So you didn't have to kill one of the majors. Now, they may go full Reservoir Dogs next season. I have no idea. Like in the final season, we they may might. lose three or four of them. I have no idea. But, and it's not because I love Eddie, and I do love Eddie. But killing Eddie, while it does like shatter so many fans because so many people loved him, Steve would have been the one that would have been the game changer. Or yeah, yeah, Lucas. Or like, imagine if Max was getting killed and Lucas like calls out to Vecna and says, take me. Take me instead. Yeah. Don't take it her. Would have been great. And and Vecna yeah. snaps him in the air and kills him. And then we're like, oh Jesus, he just killed Lucas. You know what I mean? Right. That to me would have been game changer. Like, oh my God, the stakes are higher than ever because they just killed Lucas or they just killed Steve. Yes. Killing Eddie as much as I like the character was just a, a way to it was don't get me wrong I was shattered I was like no not Eddie oh I was so bummed I was like uh, you guys come on don't kill him 
but it was doing? but it was because I 110 percent agree with you. It was a cop out to not kill. Now again, like I said, maybe they they you know again they may go full Reservoir Dogs next season. I don't know. Yeah, we don't. But know. yeah, uh, and and you know, and they could and they could have easily just because they were clearly pussyfooting when it came to who they were going to kill and like how they were going to do it. Instead, don't kill anybody because you weren't planning to. That's very, they're, they're making it like very obvious. We're not planning to kill anybody yet uh, if we don't have to because, you know, money and, and, and internet. Um, do the thing where you almost kill Max and then leave it on, leave that on the cliffhanger. Yeah. That would have been fine. I would have been like, okay, I see what I see what we're going for. Like, and, and they do sort of leave her in a cliffhanger, right? Eleven goes into the the darkness or the mirror or whatever, and she can't really find her. So there's, like, if they would have just done that, I would have been like, okay, that's fine. We didn't kill anyone this season, but we don't know if we're getting Max back. Okay, that's fine, and we're probably going to lose some people in the process trying to get her back. Would have been totally fine with that. It was the so blatantly obvious show of hand that, like, we're not going to kill anybody because, like, we're afraid to. Like, they're totally afraid to kill and one of the major characters and and max has become a major character because she's been around for yeah. you know, since season two and she's become kind of part of the group now weirdly if they would have killed eddie and max i would have been okay with it as weird as that sounds because you did take yeah, out, was, you took you yeah. took out max you know the fact that they brought her back yet left eddie dead i was kind of like come on like <laughs> You know, I was like, like oh, so that means we can bring anybody back. I yeah, guess. like that kind of bummed me out because it just again and again. That's my one gripe. My biggest gripe of this yeah. season is that is, and it's not that I'm rooting. Like I said, Steve, I love Steve. Steve's one of my favorite characters. I don't want him to die, but you want to shatter me. You want to really let me know the stakes are raised. You get rid of that guy. Holy crap! Mm -hmm. Or again, even in, like when they did the Max thing, when they raised her in there and they snapped her leg and they snapped her arm like they did yeah, Chris. I was, I was like, like, oh, oh Jesus! Like it's she he's gonna die yeah and then they brought her back and i'm like come on like i'm not saying i want and her to die i don't but no, you just you no. saved yourself you didn't you didn't raise the stakes the way you could have james gunn talked about it when they because i said it earlier the yondu moment he goes if i would have for any reason left the door open for yondu to come back every audience member would have called bullshit on me yeah and like and then i would have lost everybody because it's like oh well we can always reverse everything then you don't really have stakes. Then you don't really have investment because you're like, okay, well, he can come back. So anybody can come back. They kind of do it with Max. And I was like, well, shit, if Max can kind of come back, then can't potentially uh, um, 11 reverse all of this? Like, are we going to get, um, oh God, what's her name from the first season? Oh, Barb. Uh, but hey, are we going to get Barb back? We, we can, right? <laughs> like if 11 can reverse everything, maybe she can go in and like literally undo everything that happened. It, by the way, I doubt they would do that. And if they do do, if they're listening, because the Duffer Brothers, I'm sure, are huge fans of this show, <laughs> do not do that. Like, do not do the it was all a dream bullshit at the end and just bring everybody back and all is well. That, like, that's not good storytelling. That's, yeah. that's like the cheap way out. And I think this season proved to me, like, they can go all out. They just needed to go all out and they didn't do it. Yeah, like I said, all they had to do in that moment, if you're going to kill Eddie, okay, but then, like I said, Max has got to go, or Lucas sacrifices himself for Max. Imagine the, I mean, the yeah. outpouring of, like, if Lucas said, take me, not her, and then Vecna took Lucas and killed him and left Max alive in the torment, you know, or whatever, some version of that, or he's going to take Something. Nancy. He had Nancy in that nightmare dream, and then Steve sacrifices himself for Nancy. 
again, it's y- not. Y- I yeah. don't. I don't. And, and like you said, weirdly, if nobody dies, Eddie, you know, Max, all of them survive. Great. But the Eddie one was purely emotional. Uh, you know, your, your emotional manipulation. manipulation, emotional oh. manipulation, and then you leave Max alive. It just that was my one issue. That's my it's one, a, and it's not it's just, and it's not because I I do love it. I loved Eddie. I loved Eddie, but that's not totally. only why. It's because I love Steve. Nobody thinks you want. Nobody thinks any, you want any of those characters to die. So, it's just it it bums you out because it's a total cop out. So real quick before we get to the last part of this episode, Patrick, I feel like we didn't. You know, if people noticed at this point we haven't gotten into categories because it's kind of hard for a TV show. We've already talked about the majority of the season, yeah. so we're not going to do categories, but. I feel like it is fitting to pay tribute to Eddie because he was our favorite character at the first half of the season. And he was probably my favorite character now in stranger things, considering he only appeared in nine episodes. He's still my favorite character. That being said, I love we, you and I grew up in the eighties. We've talked about this on the show many, many times. You and I grew up in the eighties. We love eighties. We love eighties horror. And I love that stranger things is very much a throwback to the eighties. Part of the thing that has attracted me to this show so much is it made me nostalgic for when I was a kid. Um, the one thing that's kind of been missing until Eddie came along was, is for all the music that's been playing, it's been all the eighties pop music we all know and love. Now I still love you know, the stuff they played. I love, you know, sunglasses at night. And I love, you know, obviously they played the clash in season one, which is not like poppy music, but they, you know, they kind of stuck to, oh, you know, pop music. yeah, but they went metal in this episode. Oh, finally. Yeah. And, and because Eddie was rocking a Dio jacket, which was awesome. I love Dio, Ronnie James Dio yeah. forever. But this episode to distract the demo bats, he pulled out the guitar and he rocked a song. So let me pay tribute to the fallen Eddie Munson with the most metal moment in Stranger Things history. Copy that. Initiating phase three. Let's hope they hear this. Proceed. This is from you. metal metallic i'm really hoping that that brings master puppets back into the charts we'll uh, see if it gets the kate kate bush effect a little teaser a little uh, bit of trivia for this episode so we all know they played the real master of puppets the metallica track from master puppets which came out in march 1986 this season takes place in 1986 so it's very befitting that eddie would choose master of puppets as the song he played on his guitar to distract the demo bats which was awesome Little bit of trivia here, though, that the guitar, uh, while they did play Master of Puppets, the song, the opening, when you actually hear the guitar, is a separate guitar track that was played for the show by a guy named Ty Trujillo. 
Ty Trujillo is the son of Metallica bass player Robert Trujillo. So there actually was a Metallica connection to this show. It was Robert Trujillo, nice. the bass player of Metallica's son, who is actually the one playing guitar on uh, on Eddie's guitar in Stranger Things. How awesome is that? That is awesome. I thought you were going to say it was Kurt Hammett playing. And by the way, Kurt Hammett is a major horror fan himself. So he I would imagine like he'd he probably loved that it was just part of this anyway, because he's a he's a big horror fan, horror freak, if you will. Uh, but that's awesome. I loved I loved that it, they kept it in the family for that. Another little bit of trivia. You mentioned the Dio patch on uh, on Eddie's cut. Do you know that came from Dio's wife that she gave it to the costume designer? I did not know that. She yes, Dio's wife gave it to the costume designer because when they were developing this character, they said, uh, "Yeah, he's going to be a metalhead. He's going to be a total Hesher, but he's also a D and D weirdo. So he's going to be into like Dio type metal, which is like fantasy metal. It would make that's why they put a Dio patch on his back." And I was like, "That makes complete sense. That a guy that's way in, that is a dungeon master would be in love with Dio and have a Dio patch as his main patch on his cut." And I was like, yeah, that's so fucking rad. And it's even more rad that it's Dio's wife that gave them that uh, that shirt. I think it was a T-shirt and they cut it up and sewed it on there. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, I was I actually wonder because when they had the Dio patch on there and then during the one scene in the second half of the episodes when they were trying to look for music to bring Nancy out of the upside down and like we need yeah. like Madonna and then and, and Eddie holds up the Iron Maiden tape and he goes this is music <laughs> and I was yeah, like she goes I'm looking for music and he holds the Iron Maiden up this is music I love that I love that that, yeah, was, that was so great. awesome there was a lot of guesses going into this I saw online like through Reddit and TikTok and stuff people were guessing like I heard a lot of people guessing it was going to be Iron Maiden that they were going to play right. and I heard a lot of people say Dio because he was wearing the Dio jacket. I do love they pick Metallica, though, because not only is that a really, really awesome song and, and really cool, like, guitar that you could play to that, um, it is of that era. That is, like, 1980, right. 1986, Master of Puppets comes out. Metallica's already big at that point because that's after Kill em All and Ride the Lightning. That's their third record. I'm a, I, I am a huge Metallica fan. I've seen them in concert 14 times massive metallica fan it's one of the better live shows i've ever been to yeah sure. so i was geeking out when i saw master when he kicked in when he immediately kicked that first chord i was like oh, yeah master of puppets yeah, i was like oh hell yeah and yeah. you know truth be told um uh oh shit i lost my train of thought but there was something i had very specifically about the about the metal portion of it but uh it, it was it was super satisfying to uh to see that to see that come to fruition because yeah i like i, I love all the 80s pop stuff but but getting that that dose of metal in there felt very good. Let me felt very vindicated. Oh, this is what I was going to say. Yeah. Master of Puppets is appropriate because that is indeed what Vecna is. He's yeah. the master of puppets. That's it was very I fitting. Right? Yeah, I was wondering if they go like Holy Diver or what they would go for, but they went for a very cool yeah. guitar track, and, and I like that. Um, before we, we're going to give a, a little bit of predictions for what we think is going to happen in season five. But one other thing you mentioned, the emotional, like, did you cry at all? I didn't, That was the Eddie's death was the only moment that teared me up. Not going to lie. Um, we saw finally, we haven't really touched on it because again, they, they wrapped up so much of the story, but we really didn't touch on it all. Hopper and Joyce and then finally getting out of Russia and that whole storyline wrapped up. We both really liked that story in the first half of the season. Um, they wrapped that up in the second half and brought Hopper home again. Um, it didn't, they didn't spend a ton of time with them in the second half, which I kind of enjoyed because they were kind of done. I mean, going back into the Russia facility and basically taking out, knowing that like all things are connected, figuring that out and like hurting 
whatever was going after their kids by hurting the things in that lab was kind of a brilliant idea. I did like that. And I do like they finally got jo- uh, Joyce and Hopper together, which was a nice scene. Right. But the only other scene that got me, I didn't I didn't tear up, but I was so happy is when the reunion had when Hopper and Eleven finally reunited because yeah. like that relationship has been so sweet. And then seeing the beginning of this season with her talking about her dad saving the world and like how much it broke her heart that he was gone. Oh, that one was like, that was like the happiest moment in the show. And they finally reunited those two characters. That, that I, I peeked over the couch at my wife and she was like wiping tears out of her eyes. I was like, yeah. Oh, that got you. And she's like, yes. Yeah. That's a good one. That was, I was waiting. That was like the one I was waiting for all season long. when they finally reunited 11 and Hopper, I was like, come on. And that was cool. I really like where did that sword come from in the prison? I so they had they had well remember they had a whole cache of weapons like they had a whole cache of weapons yeah, that the people true. could okay. use. I just so don't I just remember just, the He-Man yeah. sword. Yeah, they just had a whole they had a whole battalion like a whole you know vat of weapons. Uh, I was waiting for them to pull out like the three pronged weapon like in Thor uh, in uh, Ragnarok yeah. where he's like I don't know what this would be used for. Maybe if you have three vampires standing together. Uh, sorry, <laughs> doing, my, doing, my, doing my best Thor impression right there. That was one of my favorite lines from that movie in Ragnarok when he says it's a wooden stake with three ends. He's like, I don't know what this would be good for. Maybe if three vampires are standing together. <laughs> Korg, Korg rules. Korg is, is the, Korg is the best. I love it. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk real quick before we get out of here. Let's talk a little bit about season five, because just to be clear, uh, we don't know when it's coming. A lot of predictions are saying probably 2024. Uh, they haven't gone into production yet. Uh, all the other actors are out doing other things. Millie Bobby Brown is doing a million things. Finn uh, Wolfhard has got the new G- uh, Ghostbusters movie that just got announced. It's coming out in 2023, so he's going to be filming that. Uh, all the other people have different things. I know Gat Matarazzo plays Dustin. He's got uh, Broadway stuff. So they're all doing things right now, so they probably won't start filming this until I'm guessing next year, which means with all the production and episodes, probably won't see Stranger Things season five until 2024, which is sad. That's two years away, but... I just get the feeling we're not going to get this for a while. But the Denver brothers have said there's probably going to be some sort of time jump. They haven't said how much. Of course, all the kids have gotten way older, so it's not going to be easy to sell them as like 15, 16-year-old kids, uh, which I understand. Um, But we know now that the Upside Down is bleeding into Hawkins. Vecna is hurt but not defeated. Uh, So we know that's that's there. So we don't know all the details about when this season is going to pick up. But... Any predictions for the final season? What are we What are we thinking? What I'm not even saying like the finale, how it's going to end, because we'll talk about that. We'll We'll surely sure, do a review yeah. of that down the road. But any predictions? Because like the one thing I said, and I know this is such a vague prediction, Patrick, but I'm just going to say it. I think Will is going to take center stage because I think Will having that connection to the Mind Flayer, thus having a connection to Vecna. We saw at the end with the, the hair standing up on the back of his neck, which happened again in season two, and then again in season three. I think Will is going to take center stage and become a major player, and I think there could be a chance Will dies in season five because he's got he's had that connection the entire time. Killing Vecna could kill Will because he's been a part of Will this entire time. Yeah, it could it could be Will that dies. Um, I also think I got this like like sinking feeling that it's going to be Eleven, like she's going to use every bit of her power to erase, you know, what I'm sure she's going to be like. Well, I started all this. I kind of caused all this, so I feel like there's a there's a whole self sacrifice thing in there. Um, so I, I between those two, I think those are your top two. Like these are the people that are most in danger of 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 losing based on the stakes that have been set up. Um, I read the original um, uh, Bible that the Duffer Brothers put together when they had just one season of, of Stranger Things to pitch to people. 
and their their uh their pitch was only it was only a two season arc originally and the second season was basically it chapter two which was they were all grown and they were going to come back to fight in hawkins as grown-ups for the final time now basically all you have to do is just let these people dress how they normally dress and they won't look like kids anymore uh you know geez noah schnapp who plays will byers the, the, the amount of five o'clock shadow on the kid's face, you know, where he's trying to look like a, a 14 year old, <laughs> you know what I mean? These people are, they, they can look like adults really easily. Now, I don't know if they're going to go that route because they well, really they do seem to set up some sort of immediacy I don't think based they can on go, the cliffhanger. I don't think they can go too far because the show right now is an 86. I don't think they're going to take the show in like the nineties. I think we're going to get it as far out. We're going to get as maybe 89. I think that's, I don't think they're going to go beyond the eighties. This is an 80 show, yeah, but they're it's such a the weird 80s. thing. It's such a weird thing because there's a lot of immediacy in the cliffhanger. Yeah. So to have a time jump almost makes no sense. Well, when they say they say they kept saying a significant time jump and everyone thinks that's going to be years. They haven't done a ton of time jumps in this show. You know what I mean? They haven't really jumped that far ahead. Like, even though they've acknowledged the characters are older, like this year, they're in high school and things like that. I think when they say a time jump, I think we're taking maybe a year. I don't think they're going to jump at three years like a lot of people are guessing, because if the upside down is already bleeding into our world, how can they tease that and then say three years has passed? You know, unless they're going to bring us back three years later and basically the upside down has taken over our world which would be really bizarre uh i don't think they're going to do that big of a time jump i think it's going to be about a year and and these kids listen as long as they make the kids you know 16 17 they can all pass for that for the time being like if they start filming next year they're not that far because i mean the kids i mean all the kids are within like that range like uh, millie bobby brown is 18 like she's not yeah. You know, Sadie Sink, who plays Max, I think is 19. You know, I think the oldest one is the kid who plays Lucas, and he's like 23. But all the kids are within yeah. like that 18 to like 21 range. They're not like, they're not like in their 30s, like in 902 and 0 time playing like teenagers. So as long as they film within like the next year or so, they can capture that last little bit of adolescence and get them to where they're supposed to be like 16, 17 year olds, something like that. I'm fine with that. And I don't think they can go too far in the time jump because, again, they've teased such a big conclusion. How can you go that far in the future? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know how they could be based on that. Um, and they better hurry because Will is starting to look like Bruce Willis from back. <laughs> like he's getting so old looking. He looks older than the people he's definitely not older than. Yeah. It's really super weird. He's just he's just one of those guys like he's becoming a man super fast. He's also uh, he got that voice, too, which doesn't help. He's like, hi, my name is Will Myers. <laughs> yeah, his voice is deeper than mine. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm 20 something years older than him. Um, so yeah, I, the biggest prediction is that it's, it's will or 11. That's going to go. I think that's my big prediction. What about you? What do you think? I think will is going to be the centerpiece of the season, whatever that entails, whether that means he's going to have a connection to Vecna or he's going to be a key in killing Vecna or he's going to end up sacrificing himself to kill Vecna. I think Will is going to take center stage in this next season. I don't disagree with you. I think something big is going to happen with Eleven. Now, maybe she survives and Will dies, or Will survives and she dies. One of those two could happen. I could see that being the other thing. Um, And I do think we're going to see at least one other major character die before it's all said and done, whether that is... Yeah. I don't think they're going to do it to Hopper because they've already teased the Hopper thing and brought him back. I think it would be kind of like, you know, counterintuitive to bring him back just to kill him a season later. And he went through some shit in that Russian prison. So I have a hard time believing they're going to bring him back yeah, just off him. Joyce would be a hard one. Like that would, that would really suck. Like I could see them like, that would be a real hard, like man, talk about it, like, and I think again, I think Jonathan, Nancy and or, or Steve, one of those three is going to go because that little love triangle yeah. 
has got to sort itself out one way or the other. And I think the easiest way to sort it out is for one of them to go bye-bye. Um, so I think one of them is probably going to end up being sacrificed somewhere along the way. I don't think it'll be at the end, maybe during the season. That could be the one during the season that really rattles people when they lose Steve or they lose yeah. you know, Jonathan or something like that. And again, I think Jonathan, not that I'm trying to get rid of Jonathan because I do like Steve and Nancy together. Um, Jonathan, because of that great moment he shared with Will, imagine if Vecna takes Jonathan from Will and that's like the setup for the big finale is, you know, the big showdown between 11 Will and and Vecna. So yeah, I think we're going to see a body count. I think we are going to see some characters losing, but I think my biggest prediction is Will. Will's going to take center stage. They really backburnered him this season. It kind of bummed me out, but I think it's all leading towards his major story in this last season. Now, I'm putting you on the spot here, so if you don't have the answer, um, no problem. But you are the D&D aficionado of Rewind of the Living Dead. Could they, could, they, uh, uh, could they introduce one more big bad that is like a Vecna weapon? Is there, some, is there some D&D character or enemy or monster that Vecna could use as, a, as an ultimate weapon? against these kids absolutely and now i'm not gonna sit there and lie to you and say i know everyone's name off the top of my head because even vecna when that came up i was like oh let me look that up because i can't remember what that is um yeah, yeah i think that there absolutely is there's a million characters in D D, and vecna was a great pull to use that name for for this character for this year 100 and they've done it every season you know from from the demogorgon which is a D character to the mind flare which is a D character uh to vecna which is a D character i think they absolutely will pull something else out and because again i think they learned to appreciate splitting the season into two halves a little bit even though it was like you know more in the first half than the second half but i think we're going to get that again and i think vecna was hurt but not defeated so i think you know he's going to strengthen himself to come back and that's going to send his other weapon to do his kind of do his bidding whatever that is so yeah there's going to be another one what that would be i don't know but i know there i think there will be and i absolutely there's a million different D characters that could come out of this that they could nickname the character in stranger things so 100 that's a good poll because i 100 believe that's going to happen oh there you go see some vecna predictions too yeah again two-year wait there's part of me like it was kind of like leading into the final season of game of thrones like i wanted it to get here but i also didn't want it to get here because i knew it was going to be over part of me right now is like man we're going to wait like two years to get to stranger things but then the other part of me is like oh yeah it's going to be over uh that kind of bums me out as long as they don't go this the game of thrones route and completely ruin it uh i'll be on board because uh game of thrones spent like two years getting ready and then the final season took a giant dump uh at least at least at least in <laughs> the, disagree, at, at no. least in the last couple episodes uh yeah but stranger things <laughs> i have i have faith because they're going towards an ending that i hope is better than what george R. R. martin came up with um so yeah two years i'm okay with as long as it's good you know George R. R. Martin out there changing his ending now. He's like, shit, nobody liked that. Okay. You know he's changing that ending. You know there's there's no way. There is no George, way. That you got a, George, you got a fan in me. Don't worry about it. You can send me that transcript. I'll I'll gladly read what you originally had planned. <sighs> Don't get me started on Game of Thrones that last season, man. <sighs> Bonus episode, me and Damon talk Game of Thrones season eight. Uh, I love Game of Thrones still to this day. I, I, have, too, I have a Targaryen and a Stark symbol tattooed on my body, Patrick. I am a massive uh, Game of Thrones fan. But the last like couple episodes, <laughs> just... <laughs> everything, everything up to that last two episodes lost me. Well, but... let's see. Let's see. Let's see what Game of Thrones has up their sleeve in 2024. You mean Stranger Things? 
I mean, yeah. What did I say? <laughs> you said Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of hoping. Well, we get some more Game of Thrones shows. We do. Through. We do get House of the Dragon coming up soon. All right, folks. Uh, that is our review and chat for Stranger Things Season 4 Volume 2. Of course, we will review Stranger Things Season 5 when it comes out. We just don't know when that will be. It'll probably be two years from now, but we'll be around in two years. Uh, we'll have a lot more episodes between now and then, but we'll definitely talk about yes. it when it happens. Uh, want to say a big thank you to everyone that tunes in each and every week to the show. Make sure you check us out on all your favorite podcast podcast platforms, excuse me, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and of course, you can always find us over on my website, nerdcoremovement.com. If you have questions, comments, movies you'd like us to review, you can hit us up on email. That is R-O-T livingdead at gmail.com. That's rot. Livingdead at gmail.com and you can also find us on twitter i am at damon martin and you are at director patrick and damon yes if, if you're a hardcore fan and you've listened all the way to the end you want to hear this coming very soon rewind the living dead t-shirts we have them they're sitting right by damon right now they're fucking awesome they were designed <laughs> by an awesome artist called jason ragosta get ready because those are coming very very soon rewind of the living dead t-shirts you do not want to miss this special edition we're going to be selling them give you more details as it comes soon they're coming you can get Damon, your i saw one in the wild today i was at a, I was at a target and i saw a rewind of the living dead t-shirt it was my wife she was wearing it she came around a corner i was like <laughs> oh fuck that t-shirt's rad it was our t-shirt damon yes we have our own t-shirt <laughs> We have our own goddamn t-shirt it's amazing yes and if you want to cut it up and put it on the back of a vest and wear it around like eddie Hell yes. i'm okay with that i'm completely okay with that we should send one to eddie we should probably want it we should we should all right folks we're gonna get out of here we appreciate everyone that tunes in each and every week to the show we'll see you next week for another edition of rewind of the living dead thanks for tuning in we'll see you then peace